Hello, my friends, and welcome once again to the Deeper Daily Podcast. I'm Paul White, and I'm so thankful to have you join me on the 24th day of June, our podcast, which is walking through Paul's letter to Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 6. And we're in the middle of this, actually, we're at the end of this little passage about those who are not speaking the wholesome words of Jesus Christ and they are sick for controversy and they love verbal battles and out of this comes envy, strife, quarrels by men of corrupt mind. And then Paul says this, and I'll read. go back to the New King James to read this. These suppose that godliness is a means of gain. An interesting phrase. What does Paul mean? Uh, the word godliness could be piety. It is this attitude, this lifestyle. And when Paul attaches that last line to it, it really opens up some possibilities. He says, these suppose that their lifestyle would be a means of gaining a livelihood. Paul says, get away from them. And here's why. Godliness with contentment is great gain. So Paul says, the greatest prophet... P-R-O-F-I-T, not prophets from God, but financial prophet. The great prophet would be to have a life that is pious or godly, a life that looks different than the life of the world, but to have that with self-sufficiency, to have that not as a means of getting people to support you or promote you or believe in you, But letting that be its own reward, that is godliness that matters. And I I try to wrap my mind around how this looked in Paul's day. They were not the same kind of economy that we are now. And so what was Paul referencing? It, It seems to be that some were using ministry as a way of compiling wealth because his next line is you brought nothing into the world it's certain that you're going to carry nothing out um which seems like an obvious statement right you didn't bring anything in when you were born just yourself so you're not going to take anything out when you go out but why does he throw that line in well the next line is having food and clothing with these we shall be content um having the stuff to eat having clothes to wear, let this be our satisfaction. Now, in his day, uh, to have food and to have clothing was to have the two most important and hardest to acquire staples that you could have. It's the same things Jesus referenced in the Gospels when he said, the lilies of the field are clothed, the fowls of the air have food given to them. These Your father cares enough to take care of flowers and birds. Are you not more valuable than these things? It's interesting that just inside one generation later, Paul is telling Timothy, look, be satisfied with the clothing and the food. So what's the Jesus connection here? Jesus was telling his audience, the father takes care of what you wear and he takes care of what you eat. The Gentiles, the world obsesses over these things. Don't you obsess over them too? Paul then uses the same thing and says there are those in ministry who seem to be doing all that they can to accumulate wealth 
He goes, let us be content with food and with clothes. Paul's Jesus connection here is, don't treat this the way the world does, which is to accumulate stuff, but rather realize that your heavenly father has your back and be content with that kind of godliness in which the father has you, the father provides for you, that kind of godliness is the only prophet that matters to you. Now, this is difficult for a lot of people to, a lot of us, let's go and use that pronoun, a lot of us to wrap our own spiritual minds around, our own natural minds around, because we are in an age, a world of such prosperity and wealth. And we're in an economy where there's so much required of you financially to just get by, unless you're going to live completely off the grid and to do that, even that, there's it's not like there's common ground out there, like common land. You can just go live in a tent somewhere. You you're if you do, you're probably gonna be under an overpass in the city and they're gonna call you homeless. So we live in a whole different world and a whole different kind of economy, but that doesn't make this scripture irrelevant to us. It might make it more relevant. It might make it mean even more to say to us as believers, look. Don't let your Christianity become a means of accumulation. Be content with what you have. Let that be the mark of your godliness rather than running around in greed all the time. Maybe this is takes shape in a way we can understand it in some ways in what I refer to as the message of grace where I hear a lot of people talking about favor and a lot of people talking about grace and a lot of people talking about God being good to them. And it almost always revolves around jobs, raises, properties, mortgages, cars, investments, retirements. And they say, well, this happened, this happened, this worked out. I got this deal done. Boy, God is so good. And it's incredible. If you just stop and listen to how we reference and frame God's goodness, it's almost always around material stuff, wealth. And it just shows me that maybe we're more influenced by this, this doctrine of the proud, obsessed with disputes, arguments over words, useless wranglings of men, corrupt minds, destitute of the truth. Maybe we're a little more influenced by that than we want to admit. Maybe I am. Maybe you are. That it isn't enough for us to be content that he clothes us and that he feeds us, but that we think true favor would be having even more. And that leads to the ninth verse about those that desire to be rich fall into a temptation. And I don't know that there's any way around it. We got to address this through Paul's context and see what it means in ours. We'll do that tomorrow and we'll also introduce the sermon that you can expect to see on paulwhiteministries.com and wherever you're listening to this podcast on the Sunday Drop. We'll talk about that tomorrow. Give you a little behind the scenes look at it. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless.